Well, good morning and Christian greetings in Jesus' name to each one of you this morning. It, uh, it's, it is good to be here. I, I come in the back back here, and I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I've been here. Um, on the ride over here this morning, we came up from Stewart's Draft, and uh, I just enjoy coming through the valley. And uh, I've heard stories from my dad and granddad over the years. And, um, and so driving up through here this morning, again, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the duck that he has mounted in, in our living room. And that was shot down here on Dry River somewhere, I'm not sure. And anyway, I think of all the, the good brothers and sisters up here as well and uh, the faithfulness, and that's just a, a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Of course, my granddad is, is gone, and yet um, certainly grateful for the um, faithfulness of his life and so forth over the years. Yeah, so much that, that could be said. Um, it's been a blessing to relate to Numerous ones of you here over the years, um, as I've turned from a, a farmer into a manufacturer, that has changed a little bit in my life. And uh, so while I, I would have cried if you told me eight years ago I would no longer be really farming and be more of a manufacturer, I really enjoy the farm life like my granddad always did. Uh, but it's also just been, a, a, I guess, a neat experience to I get around the country. Uh, I don't. I don't travel that much. I let some of my other guys that are a little bit more at the stage of life where they can do a little more traveling to do getting getting around a little bit more. But um, the one special thing about it is, is that to get around and and see the um, again brothers and sisters in in the different communities, and that's just a just an encouragement and and real blessing. Yeah, well, I, I knew it would be a possibility that I came here this morning, and I didn't know what time church started this morning, and Kendra was like, well, just email, text Philip. I said, no, I'm not going to text Philip. <laughs> I know better than that, but uh, I, I, did come, I did come somewhat prepared. So we live in unprecedented times, and I don't know how all you process that, how it affects your outlook on life. Uh, but we live in a day when we are able to communicate with uh, anyone around the world in live and real time whenever we want for a cheap price. We have at our fingertips the ability to learn just about anything and train ourselves without anyone's help. That has changed significantly over the last 10 years. We have a tool that we carry around with us, depending what you want to call this thing. I guess you can call it a tool. It is. can be around with us that is more powerful and has more capabilities and technology than what put man on the moon. That's what we're carrying around with us. 
What that means is that you can precisely calculate where you want to be, when you want to be, thousands of miles away. Over a month ago, we live in South Carolina, and over a month ago, uh, they shoot rockets off out of Florida down there, sending people to the space station and uh, lots of satellites into space for uh, some of your newer internet service. You maybe read about this, SpaceX. And over a month ago, we, we were, we were, I knew one of these rockets were taking off, and so we walked out into our field and we looked south. And, and as the rocket went off, we, we were watching, and sure enough, here comes the, the orange streak up across the sky, you know, 500 miles away. Beautiful sight, really is. And then um, a week later, Kendra and I are flying in an airplane. We were going to some weekend meetings in Alberta, Canada. And we're flying at night into Montana. And the pilot said, look out the left side of your airplane, and you're going to see this uh, comet-looking thing coming across the sky. He said, what that is is it's a group of satellites coming across the sky. And sure enough, that's what it was. You looked out, and it was a beautiful sight. Uh, just, you'd think it was a falling star on, on steroids, kind of. And there it was, you know, several hundred feet long across the sky. And what it was, it was, you know, those rockets go up. They take all these satellites, and they let them out. And before they spread out into space, there they are, all in a pack together before they're spread out into space. Absolutely amazing. And yet, that is some of the technology that is right here with us this morning. What this amounts to, then, is connection, knowledge, and ability. So with this array of things at our fingertips, there isn't much a person can strike out to do and accomplish. A person can strike out to do pretty much whatever they want to do in the day in which we live. What greater day, what greater time to live than today? Right? Well, maybe yet there are some uh, striking statistics and concerns. So in this day of connectivity, there's more loneliness than ever before. There's more depression than ever before. And I believe there's more people with less skills than ever before. You know, it's interesting that in the workplace, one of the things you hear, I, I get around a bit, and one of the things you hear is that can't find anybody to get the work done. And uh, workplaces are actually learning to, to, that the places to go to get their skilled labor isn't necessarily colleges anymore. Isn't that interesting? So much could be said. So how do we interact with the world in, in which we live. In this ever-changing world, there is still hope because we have the unchanging written word of God. In, in a time in which things are progressing at an, 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 in an unprecedented rate, there is something, there is, the scriptures are still as relevant as ever before. 
And they will always be relevant no matter what we are facing in, in life. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth, and it abides. I want us to consider this morning the question of how the abilities of technology in today are affecting the relationships in the church. And like I just said, the encouraging thing is, you know, that the Bible is as relevant today as it was 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years ago. Over the years, I've been, I've went to uh, numerous events that have impacted my life. And I'm sure that you have went to many events as well that have impacted your life. I'm becoming more aware more than ever that and convinced that the influences uh, of the influences of different, different events. What is also coming to my mind uh, recently in the last number of years is that these events, uh, what's changing is, is that these events are coming to us daily, right here on our devices, on our phones, and they are significantly impacting our lives. And so I think it's more critical than ever to be intentional about what we are a part of. When I was, well, I still consider myself a farmer, but I, I'm, not, I'm not as active in the farming industry anymore. My dad and brothers uh, run the farm. And, uh, but when I was, when I was farming, uh, there were numerous meetings that I would go to as a farmer, seed meetings, field days, uh, farm shows, uh, et cetera. And they, they were a tremendous, they are a tremendous blessing to the farmer. You know, in our Mennonite culture, we like to, to joke about uh, having a snack or a meal at any event or kind of function that we go to. And while that certainly may happen and happens, that's not exclusive to Mennonites. It's, it's mankind. We, we uh, you have a celebration, you have an event, uh, it's, eating together is something that is, is, draws us together, it's something we do together, we, we socialize, and it's a good thing. So uh, when we went to these field days and seed meetings, you know, that was part of what we did, that's part of what helped us get there maybe. Uh, there was a, a good meal, and so we got together and, and mingled with other farmers with the community. We related to salesmen and uh, developed relationships and obviously, again, had a, a normally a good meal. And, you know, there were many times I didn't feel like going to these events, and Dad said, if we're going to farm, if you're going to farm, you're going to have to continue to learn and to keep up with the different aspects of, of being what you need to do to be, be a farmer. And every time I went, I come back and I was 
encouraged and, and was ready to keep on farming. I was ready to try something a little bit different to, to maybe make a few more bushels to the acre to continue to be relevant and profitable in, in, in our day in farming. What is it that facilitates when we go to these events? What is it that facilitates this inspiration? Is it just those good meals? Is it friendship with the people? Uh, is it just because we love farming and you go there and it's just, you love more farming? Is that what facilitates this inspiration? Is it a brotherhood of farmers? I mean, is that what facilitates inspiration in farmers? Well, it's, it's a combination of all those and more. But the word that I want us to think about this morning is camaraderie. I don't know that that's a real popular word that we use real often. But camaraderie. We go to these events and we meet up with fellow comrades. A, de a definition of camaraderie would be a mutual trust, a friendship among people who spend a lot of time together. They, they have similar interests. They can identify with one another's struggles. They spur one another on and they're, they're close to one another. You know, you think now of, as you think about that, and you think of all the groups that would, that would share uh, this, this definition of camaraderie. Firefighters have a strong camaraderie. Uh, fitness clubs can, can seem to have a, a strong camaraderie. Farmers, I think, have strong camaraderie. Teachers have strong camaraderie. There's hundreds of groups that we could go through this morning that, and, and we talk about uh, groups of camaraderie. The culture of camaraderie is influential. You see, I, say, I think that Satan has figured out that he can, he can sway you by influencing your camaraderies and the camaraderies that you're a part of. And today's camaraderies are coming to our pockets. They're coming closer than ever. It's not just going there. And it's not just, yeah, going there and being a part of different groups. Those groups are coming to our pockets. And those, the amount of camaraderies are growing. Think with me a little bit. There is this group and there is that group. There is this podcast and there's that podcast. There is this person to follow and there is that person to follow. We see posts in our contacts, however, different uh, apps, that communication apps, and we see posts from everyone in our contacts. 
this type of connection, while it's, 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 it's good and okay, while this type of connection is, is good and okay, it, be, it can begin to diminish the need or perhaps the desire for a camaraderie that is supposed to supersede every other camaraderie in our lives. In our Sunday school, and y'all have the same Sunday school books that we do, and so the, this quarter we're uh, in Hebrews, and that's where I would like to go this morning. And you can turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. <clears throat> and we know that in Hebrews, the theme is kind of a better way. And it's speaking of the overall theme of Hebrews is, is Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, coming, being the perfect sacrifice uh, for our sins. And so I want to begin, we're just going to begin reading in verse 19. Therefore, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want to just stop there. We're not going to unpack everything here in, in this passage here, but the writer is uh, encouraging his Jewish brethren to... Uh, leave behind the, the, the old Jewish, uh, uh, the old Levitical system. Uh, and we can understand the, as they were moving away from the old covenant into the new covenant, uh, Jesus, again, Jesus now died for our sins, died for their sins. And, and so the writer was saying, we've got to move away from that. There is now a better way. Jesus, Jesus is that that way. Jesus came and he showed us the way. He, he consecrated himself for us. And the writer says, I want you, uh, I want you to, uh, to have that same confidence and sincere heart about this walk and commitment. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There in verse, back up there to verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having, having boldness, or, or, or in other words, confidence. Verse 23 then, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Here it, the admonition is for us to hold fast to our commitment to Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this morning, what is it going to look like in the day in which we live to hold fast to, to, the, to, the, to the commitment of Jesus Christ? What, what, what is that going to look like in the day in which we live? And that's what the writer here is trying to portray. A, a, a Christian life 
that is faithful, consistent, that is, uh, what all does he say here? Um, a true heart, heart and full assurance, having confidence where we are going. What, what does that look like in the day in which we live? I want to skip ahead to the end of verse 25, and I'm going to read the other verses in a little bit. But, but exhorting, uh, and so much more as you see the day approaching. We don't know when the, the last days are, but my granddad thought that the Lord might come before he died. Well, granddad has come and gone, and, and the Lord hasn't come. But I, I think we're... We could well be in the last days. We don't know. We don't know how long the Lord is going to tarry yet. But it says here, so much more it is important that we remain faithful and steadfast till the Lord comes back. And the question is, is what does that look like? And the writer here gives us something to go by. Let's read verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Brothers and sisters, I think here is a significant, some significant words of admonition if we are going to be consistent and faithful, having confidence that we're going to be with the Lord when we die. And it's so much more critical as we see the day of the Lord approaching because there is so much evil out there. Yes, there's so much that can be done. Three points here in these verses that I want us to consider this morning that I think the verses are pointing out. And the verse, this first point is we're thinking of the culture of camaraderie. And the first point is the comrades of Christ are number one. And let us consider one another. That's you all, the brothers and sisters of Bank Mennonite Church. The comrades of Christ are number one. It says here we need to consider one another. We need to think about who our number one camaraderies are. And it's our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, there's all kinds of there's there's all kinds of things out there to do. There's all kinds of good people out there. And yes, we, we have a calling to reach the lost. But we must realize that in order for our spiritual well-being, we need brothers and sisters in Christ. And God has created that brotherhood, these brotherhoods all around the world, so that it helps us remain steadfast and faithful till he comes again. Our brothers and sisters, 
We need each other. It's a camaraderie that is vital to our spiritual well-being. And you start walking away from that camaraderie, it hurts both. The camaraderie feels it when people leave, and it's, it's detrimental to those who walk away from that camaraderie. But both camaraderies feel it. You know, so back to the farming example, I tell my brothers that if our farm is going to be successful, we're going to have to go to these events that I'd mentioned, field days, uh, different sales meetings, and we're going to have to learn, and we're going to have to keep up with the contacts of the industry and so forth to gain the knowledge that's, that's continuing to change for modern-day farming. You just tune all that stuff out, and you'll soon find out that, um, that you, you, you need that camaraderie to keep going. Our spiritual lives are of that much greater importance. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We need to put a high priority on prioritizing our local brotherhoods. You know, my wife and I were recently talking, and it wasn't probably more than 10, 15 years ago. I don't know. Y'all have sewing circle here. I don't know all the different camaraderies that, that are events and, and things that you have as a church and in your community. But thinking of more of a church, uh, thinking of you, you ladies' sewing circle. And so they're in South Carolina. Uh, we still have a, a ladies' sewing circle. And, you know, the dynamics are changing of sewing circle. Dynamics are changing of church. And things do change. That's, that's okay. But we have to continue to figure out how are we going to do church? And how do we, how do we uh, continue to be a, a brotherhood and, and so on and so forth? But just thinking of the aspect of, of sewing circle. So what is sewing circle all about? Well, I mean, is it just to come together and, and sew and, and, and give um, uh, blankets to the local hospital? I mean, is that, is that all sewing circle is about? Well, actually, no circle is about getting you ladies going, getting together. It's, it's taken a, a bit of a, a break from home and, uh, you know, the mundaneness of that and, and getting out a little bit and um, being able to go and, and share, uh, uh, you know, with your fellow sisters some of the frustrations or the good things that's happening in your life. That's what... That's, there's numerous things that happen at Sewing Circle. You find out that, oh, Johnny, uh, he, he got into a bed of ants today, and, and uh, um, it, that was quite an ordeal, right? Well, you know what? When you come to Sewing Circle nowadays, you don't know all that stuff. Because you learned it all right here. So now all of a sudden, when you come to Sewing Circle, Sewing Circle isn't as much as fun anymore. Because you've done learned about yada, yada, yada. And now Sewing Circle all, be, all of a sudden becomes a camaraderie that isn't as much of a camaraderie. Because 
you've got all these other groups that you're learning this, that, and the other from. You see what's happening? I remember over 15 years ago, there was a, an older brother in our church, and he had moved into our community, and he was, he was dating. And, you know, he's, he's, for some of you older guys that aren't married, there's still hope, okay? And so uh, he, was, he, was, he was in our, and, and ladies as well, I guess, you know. So, uh, so he, was, he was coming to our church there, and, um, well, okay, it's Michael Strait. Some of you know Michael Strait. He was, uh, he was dating uh, Ina Sue, and uh, well, in church this morning, we were having a recollection. I think, I think she, she used to work for Valley Structures or something, and so we saw, I was having all kinds of memories coming to church. But anyway, so, uh, anyway, so Michael was, uh, yeah, they were dating, and he was, I don't know, better not say ages, because that might mess something up. But, so one morning in church, he, he you know, announcement, and, and he stood up, he had an announcement, they're engaged. And the church just couldn't help but just break out and, and applause for him. Praise the Lord. Well, you know what? We're coming to church now, and we already know about everything that is happening. I think things like that should happen right here. And when everything starts happening on the phone, it's, it is perfectly fine. I mean, it's, you know, to, to announce things. I mean, that way. But you see what I'm getting at. The culture of camaraderie of the church, you start, it's, it's happening without us even thinking about it. We're, but what we can do is begin prioritizing our number one priority, and that is the brothers and sisters at Bank Mennonite Church. And when you, when you take, take, just think about what little ways that you can prioritize your brothers and sisters here, they will feel that. And you know what? That's going to want to make them do the same thing because they know you're committed to one another. And we could go on to all kinds of other things. And one of the things that's so difficult in which we live, in the day in which we live, is who can I trust? What can be trusted out there? And you know what? It's your brothers and sisters right here that can be trusted. And we're taking information on here and people that we know. And yeah, boy, that sounds good. And we're running with it. And you know what? We get about a year or two down the road and we're realizing those people are people that really can't even be trusted. There's so much application here. But you want to you wanna know, the writer here of Hebrews, you want to you know how to remain steadfast and faithful in the end times? Your brothers and sisters... Consider one another. Your comrades of Christ, fellow comrades of Christ, are number one. It doesn't mean that we are exclusive or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about this, this morning. But we're, get, we're starting to get pulled in so many ways. And we can't near reach around. I could go on. We could talk about a lot of things. But we need to go on. But let, let's, let's, as I finish out point number one there, as we think about the comrades of Christ are number one, let's consider what camaraderies will be beneficial to my spiritual well-being. And we need to have a vision um, to prioritize the fellow comrades of Christ 
number one. You know, I, I, I was, again, I'm a bit sentimental coming up here this weekend. I, I was thinking back to 20 years ago, and, you know, one of the, last Sunday we sent our girls with two distant cousins. They left Georgia coming up here to music camp and staying with cousins, and we just sent them off. And, and, but I was thinking back in, in, in relation to that some 20 years ago, my parents, when I was like 17 years ago, go, let me and my cousin come up here and we stayed down here. Uh, we went to Pike Church Monday, uh, Sunday and got a few more friends. Uh, uh, Suzanne Horse now, uh, Ginger and Suzanne, we, we met with them and, and then went to SMVI Family Week. I think that was the best thing, one of the best things that my parents ever let us do. What a risk to take. But they were sending us to camaraderies that had similar uh, uh, values. And those were very influential things in our life. And we need to think about that as we think about um, our camaraderies. The second point here as we, as we look at our passage this morning that we noticed is, it says, it says here, stir up love and good works, exhorting one another. And so that's the point there as we think about the culture of camaraderie. You're thinking about being consistent, walking, being faithful. What does that look like? Well, when we go to farm meetings, you know, there's a lot of discussion on the woes we face. Yeah, there's, farmers have a lot of woes, don't they? And they can be depressing at times, but isn't it interesting? They can go there and they, they learn from one another and they come away and they keep doing it and they make a go of doing it. They exhort one another. They, they, they try things that the other person is trying and, and so on and so forth. They relate to one another. That's what makes a strong camaraderie. The same should be in our spiritual life. It's not something that we find. It takes effort. When we go to church, it's not. There's all kinds of camaraderies out there that just kind of come naturally. And we do just because uh, it's fun and exciting. The camaraderie of the, the brotherhood of Christ takes, takes, takes work and effort. When we go to different seminars and, and so on and so forth, we come back and we're encouraged. You know, there's times when I don't feel like going to church. And, but, you know, you go, and I, I can't think of near a time that I don't come back and I'm encouraged. That is what we need to cultivate as a church. We comfort one another. We need to comfort one another through difficult times, and I'm sure you, sure you do that here. That is such a tremendous blessing. We need to warn one another. This isn't fun stuff. We need to caution our brothers when they sense danger. We need to strengthen, teach our fellow comrades by being examples, showing them to, how to bend down and to help one another and that way we we do we we help one another so we need to exhort one another the last point then it says here 
do not, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Not forsaking, do not forsake meeting together. I'm not talking about COVID, brothers and sisters. We're not going to go there. Not because it's something much deeper than that. These brothers and sisters here were, again, you're thinking of walking a Christian life that is steadfast, standing by your brothers and sisters. Apparently, they had come to the, uh, a certain point where they, they, they thought they didn't need this person or that person. They weren't caring for this person or that person as, as they should have been. And the writer here is, don't forsake one another. We need each other. Yes, part of the big key is when the doors of Bank Mennonite Church are open, you're there. When Bank Mennonite Church is doing something over there, you're there. And you, uh, when, when a brothers need help here or there, not everyone could be everywhere all the time. But it, it, there's a sense where um, we're not forsaking one another. We're, we're committed to one another. But when we do things as a whole, and especially when the church doors are open for you know, different events and so forth, we're there. And you start making exceptions to the rule, and it's not good for your spiritual well-being, and it's not good for the brotherhood's well-being. Because the brotherhood feels it, and you feel it as well, whether you think you do or not. It needs to be an exception to the rule that there's a scene meeting on Wednesday night and you got prayer meeting. Maybe it happens once a year. But you know what? You start making the exception to the rule and before it's a scene meeting on that evening, it's the hay that got to get bailed on the next Wednesday evening and the cycle continues. You start making priorities to your, the number one camaraderie of your life. It is influential to your own spiritual well-being, but to your brothers and sisters around you. And you know what? We, you know, down there, we struggle. It can be struggle as well. You know, you, it's amazing how many firefighter meetings fall on church events. But you know what? When you start prioritizing the church things first, it's amazing how that can influence when they do things as well. Yeah, it makes a difference. I remember Uncle Daryl, my Uncle Daryl Myron's brother Daryl. He would have lived here for yeah, growing up. And, and Uncle Daryl and, and Sharon had moved to Romania for several years. And when and when they came back, I remember my dad and Daryl, we went to a seed meeting after Daryl was gone for several, several years. And and we went to the seed meeting the one night, and this was probably 15 years ago now, 13, 15, yeah, about 15 years ago. And we went to the seed meeting, and on the way home from that seed meeting, Daryl was like, man, half of this stuff, I don't, I don't even know. And just, you know, that much had changed in just a couple years' time. That's what happens to our spiritual lives. When we begin to, it, it can happen so subconsciously, and so subtly, but yet so fast. I've seen, I've seen more than, you know, numerous brothers and sisters like 
there's a, this excuse or that excuse that they're you know missing this Sunday morning, and then it turns into a few, a few more after that, and then they're they're really struggling, and that's what happens. We need one another. We need the body of Christ, and if we don't if we don't prioritize it, if we don't think about our com- our number one camaraderie. Um, and we don't prioritize that so much more as the day, the, the last days approach that people are going to continue to fall away. And I think that's what we're, we're seeing so much more the day in which we live. And, but yet it doesn't need to, it, it's not a, it's not a dooming thing. It's, it's a wonderful, uh, the body of Christ is so wonderful and the scripture is, is, again, just as relevant today as it ever was. And, and yet in a day in which there is, it's so difficult to see deception just rampant on the streets. Yet it is possible to be faithful and true as ever before. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning. The culture of camaraderie, brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, yeah, it's just a it's just a blessing to come here and be with you all this morning and see faithful fellow brothers and sisters. You're not my you're not my number one local camaraderie, but yet um, I am so grateful that. Our girls can come up here and 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 meet and sing with some fellow comrades that that I I think will be all right, and uh, that's 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 just really special, and we we just need that more and more as the day approaches. So so Lord bless you with that here this morning. I'll turn the time back over.